we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today on the program. AFA at the Core. Glad to have you with us once again on the program. Well, uh, we are uh, broadcasting live on the American Family Radio Network. We uh, broadcast the Core, that is. We broadcast each weekday. We actually have a weekend special that we air as well, but we broadcast live each weekday. Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. If you want to find out more about the show, find out more about our work, you can go to AFR.net, AFR.net. If you'll uh, land on the homepage there, uh, click on the podcast section, you'll find the core podcast. You can click on that and listen to a uh, archive of all of our shows from recent weeks, recent months. Uh, right there on our website. We offer the same features on our mobile application, the EFR app. It's free, and there's no gimmicks. There's no tricks. You don't have to uh, You don't have to do any, anything fancy for the app. It's free. You just go to the App Store, type in EFR, and uh, you can download the app. It takes you a couple minutes, and then you have all the features of the website right there on the mobile device for your convenience. We, uh, I've been out most of the week. I was on vacation Monday through Wednesday. Uh, came in yesterday, hosted a little bit. Uh, Rick Green, our Tuesday-Thursday host, was having some technical difficulties. And uh, here we are live today on the core. So good to be with you. Uh, well, we'll jump into our scripture for the week. And um, since it's uh, the end of the week, uh, and I didn't host most of the week, we'll, we'll, t- we'll, uh, rediscuss, if you will, or review Psalm chapter 30, which is where we were last week as well. And what I, what I highlighted for our audience last week, and then next week we'll be in Psalm chapter 31, is uh, verse 11, where um, David says of the Lord that you have turned for me my mourning into dancing, you have loosed my sackcloth, and clothed me with gladness. And of course, in these days, sackcloth was a sign of uh, depression, a sign of being down and out, a sign of not having much um, blessing, if you will. And so David says, you know, I was in a bad place. That's basically in layman's terms what David is saying here. Uh, I was in a bad place, and the Lord the Lord turned my bad place and my my bad circumstance into dancing. And another thing we can take from this and, and more so take from other parts of Scripture is that clearly David was a righteous man before God. Now, huh, was David a sinner? Of course he was. We're all born into sin according to Scripture. So David wasn't a perfect man, but it does say that he was righteous before God. Same thing with Job. And and righteous people, 
people that are righteous before God, often experience difficulty in life. And so it's so important that we don't equate difficulty with punishment from God, uh, because Scripture addresses this very frequently. Uh, Job was, was also a righteous man before God, and he experienced some very, very difficult challenges in his life. And uh, so it's important not to equate um, God, uh, or try to, try to say that God is punishing us when we go through difficult times because that's not biblical, all right? Scripture says that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Now, with that being said, does godly living lead to a better quality of life? Yes, in many ways. Following the precepts set before us by God leads to better quality living and a better standing before God, which is what matters. Um, so obeying God's precepts does lead. You look, read throughout, read all throughout Proverbs and read throughout Psalms and other parts of Scripture. Follow, obeying God is good, and obeying God often leads, not always, but often leads. Uh, to earthly prosperity in many ways. But at the end of the day, as believers, uh, we are going to experience uh, we are going to experience challenges, trials, temptations in this life because we live in a fallen world um, that is that is full of of sinful people. And so we need to be prepared for that. Uh, look at uh, the disciples, the apostles, look at Jesus himself. I mean, they, they went through all kinds of difficulties, all kinds of trials. Um, some of it uh, were uh, was situations that were under their control, under their, you know, uh, control. But then there's other circumstances that Jesus, the apostles, and others came across. Um, well, Jesus is all-knowing, all all-powerful. He's the Son of God, so this is he's an exception here. But nonetheless, the apostles and others in Scripture, other Bible characters, uh, went through other situations and circumstances that were outside of their control. Um, so punishment, uh, or rather trials, do not equal uh, God's punishment. Scripture addresses that over and over and over again, and that's important to remember. So even David went through difficulties. David was a man of God. He went through difficulties. He was also um, sinful. And so... Uh, that's just a note for us to remember this week and as we move forward. Uh, moving into some of the um, some of the stories I wanted to get to today. It's actually a pretty busy news week um, in the U.S. and around the and around the world. I wanted to play this. Uh, I talked about this a little bit last week, but remember the remember the false accusations against uh, the border patrol agents. Uh, they were the, the Customs and Border Patrol agents down near the Rio Grande Valley were accused of whipping illegal immigrants. This was this this uh, fake news, this hoax was was spread across the airwaves and across the mainstream television networks for days upon days upon days. Even the president and the vice president and others felt like they needed to comment on it. They called it terrible. You know, how dare this happen? Well, as it turns out, the uh, Customs and Border Patrol, they've actually run a full investigation, and they 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 uh, admitted what we all knew, and that this was this was a lie from the get-go. 
the the uh, the agents were using reins to steer the horse. And uh, many people called this from the get-go, but nonetheless, they slandered, they smeared the Customs and Border Patrol agents. So let's listen to this montage of the media pushing repetitively the false narrative that the Customs and Border Patrol agents were whipping illegal immigrants. Clip four, let's listen. When I saw the image of the 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 uh, person who believes somehow that they are a cowboy whipping, I don't care what anyone says. Yes, it's a rain. But nonetheless, there was whipping that happened there at the border. I thought of George Floyd being choked to death by Derek Chauvin. I thought of black men being killed by police in this nation. Now, questions have been raised regarding the image of a Border Patrol agent on a horseback seeming to uh, appear to use a whip by pushing a migrant back towards the river. You're creating a distinction between swinging a, a, a rein at, at someone versus a whip. Um, I don't know that, as we heard from the White House, that they make that distinction. They don't carry whips and they do not carry lassos. I think the picture you're talking about, at least the one I've seen, is uh, the rein, the rein of the horses. Uh, so and should those again, be used? Should those well, be used I, I, even if it's a rain? Group of Haitian migrants attempting to seek asylum. The image of white men on horseback appearing to whip black migrants with reins. Appalling. Scott, uh, Scott, you know, one of the videos, let's put it up, it shows a uh, patrol agent swinging a horse rein in a way that looks to many like a whip. We saw that image of at least one Border Patrol agent using a, a whip and was effectively trying to lasso some of the migrants. You see that picture there. <laughs> He was trying to lasso human beings. Who does that? Nobody does that in 2021, 2022. This is absurd. Um, but there you have it. You have you have talking heads, and I guess you could say I'm a talking head, but at least I try to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you have talking heads that have no idea what they're talking about. They've probably, I would bet, I would probably bet a little bit of money on this, even though we're not supposed to bet money. We're not supposed to gamble. But I would throw a dollar bill on the table that um, that these people have probably never even dealt with horses. And not only never dealt with horses, probably have never ridden a horse. And furthermore, I think some of them have probably never been in the vicinity or near a horse. <laughs> And so that's why they're the experts. They're the ones that we should go to to figure out whether these people are being whipped or not. And so they go in and they throw in their commentary. And, and one of them even says, yes, I know it's rains, but they were still whipping them. Wait, no, no, no. Either it's rains or it's not. And it was rains, of course. And so it's one thing for the media to do their irresponsible activities, which they always do where they talk about stuff they don't know about, they uh, lob accusations, they um, slander good people, which they do pretty often, by the way. Uh, but it's another thing for government officials that are supposed to be upholding the laws of the country, that are supposed to be defending the laws of this country, to also go out and repeat false claims against law enforcement agents. And this happens so often. It's like they want division. And I don't think it's a far-fetched statement to say they do want division. One of the goals of the Marxists is to divide and conquer. They do this all the time. Look around the world. Divide and conquer. Pit people against each other. Make people enemies. 
that weren't previously enemies. And so they they did this with the Customs and Border Patrol agents. As it turns out, the uh, the internal report came out that it's not true. It's fake. There's nothing about it that was true. There was never any whipping that went on. The agents were simply trying to redirect the illegal immigrants back uh, across the border to Mexico. And how many times have they done this before? How many times have they done this before? They did this with the Michael Brown shooting. They've done it with other uh, officer-involved shootings where they create this narrative, hands up, don't shoot, remember that? They create a narrative built out of nothing, thin air. They, they pull narratives out of their pocket that have no basis in fact. They continually regurgitate the narrative, the, the false accusation, over and over again to where people in, in, that, that just buy into this garbage, they just say, yeah, yeah, that happened. Hands up, don't shoot, right? Yeah, yeah, sure, the, the, the Biden border agents, they were whipping illegal immigrants. Yeah, it happened. Didn't you see the CNN report? <laughs> and so you, you, you get people's emotions riled up. You get people's perceptions shaped. And then they come out, what, eight months later, and they go, well, you know, none of this really happened, right? But see, the problem is, and this is a problem with spreading, spreading fake news, with spreading false accusations, is that how many people that believed the falsehood read or watched the the correction that was issued eight months later? I mean, I probably a minuscule number of people that bought into the hoax were around watching the news, waiting for them to issue a correction. And so if you go around now and ask people, did border agents whip illegal immigrants, the same people that believe the hoax from the get-go would probably still say, yeah, yeah, it happened. I was watching MSNBC eight months ago. It happened. Trust me. Don Lemon said it happened. It happened. So the damage is done. How many people still believe the Russia hoax, even though it's all been debunked? Probably half of the country still believes the Russia hoax even though it's all been debunked. And so the media needs to stop spreading falsehoods. That's it. Stop spreading falsehoods, and you won't have to issue corrections. What we're going to do on the show here is spread the truth. Be back in a few. A woman shall not wear man's clothing, nor shall a man put on a woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Police in Toronto, Canada asked for help to locate a woman with short hair, heavy facial hair, and a strong jawline. The description continued, she is 5 foot 10 inches tall with a thin build, shaggy blonde hair, and a full goatee. A full goatee! This is the description for the 27-year-old missing woman. Regressives seek the normalization of insanity. When you reject God's way, you open the way to everything else including the objectively absurd. Society is plunging full speed ahead into reprobation. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Your girl is shouldering more stress and difficulty than usual. Chances are she isn't going to ask for help when she needs it. Regularly checking in with your girl is a great start to keeping an open line of communication. But simply asking how she's doing probably isn't the most effective way of showing her true empathy. Instead, ask your girl, how can I support you today? This question puts her in a healthy space of evaluating what she needs and then asking for help. David writes in the Psalms, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It's true, our help does come from God the Father, but it's also vital that we accept help from our fellow man. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same sex attracted couple contact us and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit InHisImage.movie. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to The Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today on The Core. We are going to take calls last segment of the show today, so I'll be sure to give out that number towards the end of this segment uh, for you to call in and uh, make your comment, ask your question. I've got another, another beauty. And so last segment we played the montage of the whip hoax. Um, and... This time, we've got a flashback clip. I love to bring back these these old, I say old, these uh, clips that have aged a little bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm not big, if you haven't uh, been able to tell, I'm not big on the climate hoax either. I'm not big on the climate hoax. It's, it's all aimed at government control. It's, it's the, the end game of the climate hoax is government control. And you don't believe me, look at the end result. Look at the end result. The end result is government regulation and control of literally everything you do. Because tell me things that you do where you don't use energy. Uh, I read a book on my back porch. Well, you have to eat to fuel your body. So I'm not just talking about fossil fuels. I'm talking about energy in general, including food and water that we eat so that our bodies have energy so that we can sit on our back patio and read a book. All right, so, so this is not just fossil fuels. This is not just, well, how do our vehicles run? All right, this approach on the climate hoax is all-encompassing. 
All right? If you don't believe me, go read what they want to do to our cattle. <laughs> they want to decrease our, our, our beef population, our cattle population, because they emit fossil fuels. They emit carbon. We can't have too many cows. All right? So they want to regulate everything. They want to go all, you know, vegetarian. And it's just a bunch of nonsense. And so the assault on our energy sources, our energy supplies, is is very, very, it's a very comprehensive approach, a very compre- comprehensive attack on all the energy uh, that we use to go about our daily lives. And the Weather Channel co-founder, this, is, this clip goes back to 2014. <laughs> the, uh, this, this gentleman since passed away, but... He is the former um, co-founder or the co-founder of the Weather Channel. And he was on with uh, Brian uh, Stelter back in 2014 on CNN on Reliable Sources. That's the name of the show. And the gentleman's name who co-founded the Weather Channel, his name is Johnny Coleman. Listen to this about two-minute exchange from 2014 where the co-founder of the Weather Channel says that this entire climate change narrative is a complete hoax. Let's listen. Mr. Kenny is not a scientist. I am. He's the CEO of the Weather Channel now. I was the founder of the Weather Channel, not the co-founder. And I'm glad you did, because I am addicted to the Weather Channel. I watch a lot of cable news. Now. Hold on just well, a minute. I'm not done. And CNN has taken a very strong position on global warming that is that it is... A consensus. Well, there is no consensus in science. Science isn't a vote. Science is about facts. And if you get down to the hard, cold facts, there's no question about it. Climate change is not happening. There is no significant man-made global warming now. There hasn't been any in the past, and there's no reason to expect any in the future. There's a whole lot of baloney. And yes, it has become a big political point of the Democratic Party and part of their platform, and I regret it's become political instead of scientific, but the science is on my side. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion about the topic right here. What I do wonder, well, I though, is when not, you see... I you wouldn't the... allow it to happen on CNN, but I'm happy well, that we, I got on the air and got a chance to talk to your, uh, to your viewers. Hello, everybody. What there I do, is no global warming. What I do wonder <laughs> is when you see the government, when you see NASA, when you see other institutions say that 97% of climate scientists agree, do you think they're making it up? I, I, what I don't understand is how you well, square that. Well, that's a manipulated that. figure, and let me explain it to you. The uh, government puts out about $2.5 billion directly for climate research every year. It only gives that money to scientists who will produce scientific results that support the global warming hypothesis of the Democrat Party of position. So they don't have any choice. If you're going to get the money, you've got to support their position. Therefore, 97% of the scientific reports published support global warming. Why? Because those are the ones the government pays for, and that's where the money is. It's real simple. But that doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't make it true. That only makes it bought and paid for. The money goes in circles. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to try to refute you on the facts. I'll simply say that the vast majority... Please stand back from this issue and let the two sides be on the air. I love it. Listen to him. That was the 2015 clip. Cheer it on. Cheer it on. (laughs) He says, you know, this this is not true. The government is subsidizing 
scientists that are, are going to come to a conclusion that the left wing agrees with. And so that's why you get the numbers, 97% of scientists. Look, if 97% of scientists agree on anything, that is a red flag. <laughs> if 97% of scientists agree on anything, that's a red flag. And so uh, he made a very brilliant point. That is, John, John Coleman made a very brilliant point, and one that I didn't know, but that the government subsidizing the studies that are going to reach conclusions that the government and the Democrat Party already agree with. And so with that being said, you ask, well, what is this about? Well, number one, it's about government control. But number two, it's about making a ton of money. I mean, look at this. Look at where we are now. Look at what Al Gore has been doing with his grifting over the last 30 years. This is all about making a buck. And if you think these people won't do idiotic, moronic, and immoral things to make a buck, then where have you been living? All right, where have you been living? Listen to this. Biden comes into office, and they, they, they've had their war on fossil fuels going on for decades now. This is not a new war. It's escalated recently, but Biden comes into office, and he, he does everything he can to damage an entire industry, all right? And they're not just going after oil. They say, well, oil's dirty, how is oil dirty? Explain that to me, please. Just because it comes from the earth doesn't mean it's quote-unquote dirty. And so that, that's, the, that's the, the first problem is they describe all fossil fuels, by the way, even natural gas, which even the greenies agree is very sustainable, very clean. It burns very well. But they call everything that's, that's labeled a fossil fuel, they call it dirty energy. Okay, well, according to who? According to who? Just because it doesn't look pretty and you might not eat it doesn't mean it's dirty energy, all right? It's very affordable, very sustainable, and it's been running this country and the world for decades upon decades, no problem, all right? And so you got to debunk the climate change, which he just did, the climate change global warming narrative, because if, if fossil fuels don't cause don't lead to man-made global warming, which they don't, and we're going to have a special guest on next week to further corroborate everything you've been hearing on the show. But if, but if you debunk the climate change hoax, the global warming narrative, then there is no compelling, there is no moral reason to ditch fossil fuels. There's no reason to ditch fossil fuels if the whole climate change hoax falls apart because Al Gore has nothing to campaign on. The Biden administration has nothing to write executive orders for. There's no economic compelling reason to do solar panels and windmills. If you want to do them because you think they're cool, then go for it. But it's not a moral argument, all right? But this is being pitched to America and the world as a moral case the world is going to burn and the oceans are going to rise because of man-made global warming. Even though all the rich people that are on this global warming train keep buying beach houses, including Barack Obama at Martha's Vineyard, right there uh, by the water. Not to mention Hawaii. And Hawaii. On the shore. On the shore. And his house is going to be underwater, according to Al Gore, in the next five years. 
They also said that 15 years ago. <laughs> and so this is all about government control and making a buck. And if you look at the investments from the left-wingers, they're all invested heavily in the so-called green energy. They're invested in the solar companies. They're invested in the wind companies. They're invested in the lithium battery companies, mostly in China. By the way, the vast majority of lithium batteries and everything that makes up a lithium battery, uh, the vast majority of everything that makes a solar panel, all of this comes from China. And they're all invested in those companies, including all the Democrats. And then they get in office and they, they artificially put their finger, their thumb on the scale in favor of the solar companies, the lithium companies, the wind companies. They put their thumb on the scale. They punish the fossil fuel industry and they make billions over here with their stock picks. And so this is all, all an economic game and a power game. And it's a place that we don't want to go as a country. And I'm hoping that in 30, 40, 50 years, I'm not still saying this. Because here's where they're going. So not only are they making a buck. You look at how much money Al Gore's made. You look at how much all these left-wingers have made. They're, they're like salespeople for the solar panel and the lithium industry. But you look at the power structure. And what it's going to do if we fully adopt this insanity and then we, we ditch all of our gasoline, diesel, natural gas, liquid propane, we ditch all this in the name of going green. And then we've all got electric vehicles, all right? We've all got electric vehicles with these insanely expensive batteries that when the batteries die out after 8, 10, 15 years, you're, you're pulling out a loan. So instead of paying 85 bucks on the high end to get an oil change, you're paying 10,000 bucks to replace your lithium batteries in your electric vehicle. So you're getting out a loan. You're having to finance the maintenance for your electric vehicle for your new lithium batteries. And the government... And, and, and these private companies have full control of your vehicle, right? Because we're going driverless, because it's too much work to have to drive a car. So we've got to go driverless. So we're going to put these cars on the internet. We're going to have this fancy 5G as if 4G is not fast enough. And then we're going to connect all of our vehicles, all of our tractors, all of our uh, tractor trailers. We're going to connect it all to the internet. There's no, there's no flaws here, right? This is a perfect plan. And then states like California, they're already doing this. They're going to tell you how far you can drive. You know, Walker, you got 20 miles today. That's your carbon footprint that you're allotted by the government today. So, you know, use it wisely. Whether you want to go to church, well, you can't go to church. We're not supposed to go to church, right? But you can go to work for the government or you can go to work for your company. But 20 miles, that's your carbon footprint allowance for the day. Use it wisely. And then they, if they want, they just say, well, look, we're going to have a, a carbon-free day in America. Nobody can drive. All of your electric vehicles are going to be off for the day. And if you think that's crazy, just wait. It's coming. Uh, they want full control. And that's what, what, the, what the entire war on energy is all about. It's all about control. So if you're going to go after 
if you're going to go after control and you want to implement a Marxist agenda you don't want to, and you want a top-down government structure, what do you do? You attack the energy industry, hijack it, take it over, take it out of the hands of private companies and consumers. You turn it over to the government in the name of climate change, make it a moral argument, and then you're in full control. You control how much power people get to use at their homes, what their thermostat is set on, you know, how many refrigerators you get to have. All of that's controlled by the government because, after all, this is a moral argument, right? This is about saving planet Earth. And if you make it about saving planet Earth, even though it's not about that at all, then who can argue against it, right? Because we're all supposed to care for one another. We're all supposed to care for humanity and planet Earth. And so who can be against that, right? And so that's the, that's the strategy. That's the plan. It's all out there in the open. They, 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 they regurgitate these uh, talking points. And I love how in that clip, Brian Stelter says, well, I'm not a scientist. We're not going to come to a conclusion today on CNN. But, but he's the one regurgitating that climate change is an existential threat to America. Climate change is an existential threat to the world. But I'm not a scientist, and I can't comment on this. Well, then why are you even talking about it? Why are you even talking about something that you are not an expert in and you apparently can't come to any conclusion on, but we're going to continue to regurgitate a hoax that climate change is an existential threat to the world? Same thing with the Weather Channel. Same thing with CNN as a network. Um, same thing with all these woke corporations. They're all going, quote, unquote, green. And um, and it's a problem. And we talked about how the a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how how little investment there is in uh, oil refineries in America. I forgot the date, but it's been it's been at least a decade or two before the last oil, I think it was 07 or 1997, but nonetheless, in the last couple of decades, uh, there's been zero new oil refineries built in America. But yet we have record energy demand. And now, not only do we have record energy demand as it is today, but we're about to add thousands of new, if not tens or hundreds of thousands of new electric vehicles, which are very energy demanding when you have to charge them. We're about to add all those to our grid with no plan to expand our uses of fossil fuels. Absolute insanity. It's not going to work. We've got to turn back from this insanity and we got to do it quickly. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. 888-589-8840-888-589-8840. We'll take your calls after the break. Questions, comments, we'll be glad to hear from you. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. 
Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. If you haven't switched to MediShare yet, two big reasons to at least consider it and why it makes so much sense right now. Number one's inflation, which is just affecting everything. It makes sense to say, okay, where can I actually save? Well, you could save a lot in one fell swoop if you switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month. Secondly, your conscience. MediShare members aren't forced to pay for things they don't support or believe in, and that's a big deal for a lot of people right now. They want their money to actually help people. And one more reason, you can trust MediShare. It's been the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and members love it, too. It has double the customer satisfaction rating compared to health insurance. So now's a great time to consider making the switch, and they're very easy to talk to. MediShare has great customer service. You can even get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. It gives an impetus to share your faith when you think you've got answers to objections that you expect people to bring up. The American Family Studios video series, Intro to God's Revelation, featuring Dr. Richard Howe, shows how God has revealed Himself in nature and His Word, and how we can rightly understand what God has said. These truths are just a part and parcel of the Christian life. It isn't just for the professional clergy. Learn the fundamentals of how to approach and understand the Bible in an age of skepticism. This six-week video curriculum is perfect for your Sunday school class or study group, and it can prepare you to give a defense of God's Word and how He speaks to us in nature. Knowing whether and how God communicates is a safeguard against false claims about God communicating. Intro to God's Revelation, DVDs and workbook are available for purchase at afastore.net or call 877-927-4917. AFA at the Core podcast are available at afr.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today on the show. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in for the show, to call into the core, uh, ask your question, make a comment. I will be glad to hear from you. Uh, We'll go to Jack in Louisiana. Hey, Jack, welcome to the core today. Good. How are you? Hey, doing pretty well, Jack. What's on your mind? Well, you know, uh, I'm sure a lot of people that got these solar panels on their houses were never told that they have to be replaced every five years. Or they're going to go bad. Uh, All the windmills running up the middle of our country, um, the amount that is taken to put those in the ground and get them erected and everything, they won't start making any money for like 20 years um also the carbon fiber blades on those windmills can explode and have and i had that proof from a guy with a uh drone who takes pictures of those the next week this was in iowa one that he had just shot the week before exploded Hmm. sending particles everywhere (laughs) i was also told this morning that in West Texas, there are acres upon acres upon acres and acres of windmill blades laying out there that can't be used. Hmm. Worthless. Can't be. Yeah, that's, 
or in the desert, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we are being scammed. You're right. In the biggest way. It's, in the biggest way. Yeah, it's probably one of the biggest scams in human history. Think about it. I mean, think about everybody that's on board with the hoax. I mean, everybody is. I'm talking, I'm not talking literally, but so many people are, especially people in positions of power and authority. They're all on board with this. And uh, they're going, quote, green so fast. And it has so many holes in it. Like in, in the argument, it has so many holes in it, to your point. I mean, you got you got the, the replacement cost for the solar panels. There's the question, what do we do with this stuff when we're done with it? Like, let's say you have to replace the lithium batteries or replace the solar panels or replace the massive wind uh, turbine blades. What do you do with this stuff? Do you bury it? Do you chuck it in the ocean? I mean, how do you properly dispose of all this material? And there's not really a good answer. And on the, on the solar discussion, to your point, Jack, um, you look at the solar farms, what do they do to, to build a solar farm? They go out and they bulldoze hundreds of acres of trees to then place the solar farm right there. And they say it's, it's saving the, the ecosystem, it's saving the planet as they're destroying it. And that land, as long as the solar panels are there, can't be used for anything else as it, as it regards, uh, in regards to vegetation. There can be no trees growing up there. Nothing can grow up over those panels to block the view of the sun or block the direction of the sun. And so you want to replicate that to run the whole country. We're going to have to bulldoze every tree in the land in order to get enough solar panels to run this country. I mean, it's absolute insanity. So thanks so much for calling in to the core. We'll go to Virginia and talk to Ann in Virginia. Hey, Ann, welcome to the core. Hi, thanks so much. I just wanted to uh, just a comment really and, and invite you to bring on some guests that are pretty well um, versed in things that can be done to impact our climate um, and to reduce the carbon in our climate, and it would be Dr. Elaine Ingham, and, um, and that's I-N-G-H-A-M. She's, um, she's a microbiologist and also a rancher in North Dakota whose name is Gabe, G-A-B-E Brown. I don't know either of them, but I've been um, doing some research, and I came across them, and they both are very um, huge advocates of no-till farming, regenerative farming practices, regenerative farming for cattle um, when they graze. Um, and a couple of things that the two biggest things that I can take away from it so far that I've learned is that by doing this, we um, this type of planting um, has a huge impact on reducing the carbon in our atmosphere because that's what plants do. They take in carbon to create fuel and energy for um, the plants that they're going to feed and in the soil to build it up. And then the other thing is that, um, oh, gosh, I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, it, it, for farmers that grow crops, um, it creates the, the, the plants that they grow, the crops that they grow are a much um, – they're higher in nutritional quality because the soil is that much um, is that much better. It's more enriched, and so the you know what they produce is that much better for us than some of the ones that just you know they farm it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, so those are just my two cents. I gave them to the fellow the names of the fellow when I called in, so he's got them written down. All but right. Nobody wants to talk about the impact of that on. Um, carbon in the atmosphere, which is what they're all screaming about. Mm -hmm. They only want to talk about regulating us, but they don't want to do anything positive that they can do 
that has a double positive impact. Mm-hmm. All right, Ann, appreciate the call from Virginia. Well, we'll take a look at those two uh, those two individuals you mentioned. Uh, we'll go down to the state of Florida, talk to Michael in Florida. Hey, Michael, welcome to the Corps. Hey, thank you for the program. Uh, thank you for all the work you do. Um, I had a couple of comments. I live down here in Florida, Hurricane Highway, <clears throat> and, you know, we've got a lot of elderly and stuff like that. You know, granted, this is the Sunshine State. Um, you know, we get one uh, one good storm, and all them man-made uh, toys uh, is going to wipe them all out, and that's going to put a lot of us in a, uh, in a deep, deep hole. And I have to wonder where are all the tree huggers and, and animal lovers going to be when we start putting down all their their homes, and the gators are going to get all whacked out because you know we we got to have solar panels and and wind turbines, but we don't care about wildlife anymore. And this might be a little off topic, but I wanted to mention this. Hey, hey, I'm Mike, can you can you maybe turn down your radio or something? I'm getting some feedback. Okay, the plan. Um, okay. Yeah, the radio's not on, so hopefully that's better. Is that a little better? A little, little better. Go ahead. Okay. Well, anyways, I don't know where I lost you, but anyways, yesterday I was, I missed part of the program, but Abraham Hamilton III had a, a great thing um, on last night about Deborah Burks. I had not heard anything about her in a long time, and this is all this stuff is about, is money uh, and, and power and control. It's not for the wealth, of, uh, the, the health and wealth of the planet. It's not for the American people. Mm. It's all to take us down. Mm. And like I said, living here in Florida, that's a great concern because one good storm and all them, uh, you know, like you said, all those solar panels and all that other stuff, it, it's not going to, it's not going to fly. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point there. Uh, there's a lot of vulnerabilities associated with it. Appreciate the call, uh, Michael. Um, Michael's right. You know, you, you have a, you have a couple cloudy days or you have a couple days with no wind. I mean, uh, look at Texas. I mean, Texas has spent hundreds of millions, if not billions, investing in these uh, these wind farms. Uh, but you look at the output and they're putting out about 8 to 10% every day of their capacity. All right. So you got 90% of their capacity completely wasted. Why? Because man doesn't control the wind. <laughs> God controls the wind. And so, and, and not only are they spending hundreds of millions and billions on the, the, these wind farms, these, these, these wind farms, but at the same time, they're retiring fossil fuel generation plants. And so it's not this, this thing where, you know, if it works, great, but when it's not working, no problem, we're good to go. We got, we got fossil fuels in our back pocket. But they're retiring the fossil fuel generation plants, the ones that use natural gas, uh, diesel, gasoline, and other forms of fossil fuels. They're retiring those, coal, they're retiring them with no plan B. There's no backup plan. If the wind doesn't blow, you know, we'll just have to cut the lights off. That's their that's their plan B, which is a terrible plan B. AFA at the core, if you want to call into the show, we got a, sh- a show. We got a few lines open, 888 Four zero. That's triple eight five eight nine eight eight four zero is the number to call in to the core. We'll be glad to take your questions or comments. Uh, we'll go down to Dennis in uh, the state of Texas. Hey, Dennis, welcome to the core. Thank you, and I want to thank you for what you're doing. You're doing the work of God. There is no higher calling than that. Mm. Thank you so much, Dennis. Any, That's very encouraging. You're welcome, sir. And, and I want to say one thing, and maybe you have some thoughts on this. 
why does Biden not understand that trying to get oil from Saudi Arabia and acting like it's some Green New Deal is not going to pollute this world worse, actually, than getting oil in the U.S.? Well, you know, I don't think it's it's once again, I don't think it's about really, really going solar and wind. I'm not even going to call it green anymore. That's such a hoax. They it's not really about going solar and wind. It's more about hurting America. Otherwise, to your point, Dennis, if we need oil and we've got to have oil, let's just produce it domestically. Stop flying around the world begging all these other regimes to produce oil for us when we can do it ourselves. We've got American workers ready to go to produce our own energy. It's really not about uh, their so-called climate agenda, uh, to your point, Dennis, and that's why they're going around the world begging other people for America's oil. And how much oil did he bring back? Zero. Exactly. Yeah, utter failure, foreign policy failure. Well, Dennis, uh, you get, you got any other thoughts, any other any other statements? Uh, yeah, yeah, real quickly. I, I saw a billboard on the freeway that I thought was so accurate. It said, uh, buy oil from Texans, not terrorists. <laughs> there you go. Amen to that. Buy oil but, from, uh, from American companies. Good, and, good point, Dennis. And one other, sure. one other quick thought. Yeah, last thought. Uh, why is uh, there no stopping of this abortion pill when, uh, in other words, they're making it way too easy for somebody to choose abortion. And I think... Anything, the harder you make it to do, the less people are going to do it, but uh, they're not doing that. My question is, why do you think they're not uh, curtailing the, the availability of this abortion pill? It, it actually seems like they're stepping it up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, good point there, Dennis. Uh, I'll let you go, and we'll move on to our next caller because we're running out of time here. Uh, Dave in uh, West Virginia. Hey, Dave, welcome to the court. Yeah, Walker, how are you? Hey, this is Dave Yell at West Virginia. I'll make a few comments here. Uh, I just retired back in February from the from the power from the windmills, and of course I worked at coal fire power plants for twenty some years, and I went to the windmills. But uh, just like I say, uh, like you said, you got you all hit the nail on the head. Uh, the solar panels, uh, our company that that uh, owned the windmills up here, they're in the solar. Cloudy day, you have no power. Wind up here, uh, the wind don't blow, you don't have no power. Ice freezes up on them, you're down, no power. Uh, I come from a coal fire power plant. I like to see them. We got a lot of coal here in West Virginia. I like to see a few more of them to be rebuilt. And this grid ain't going to handle if they if they keep doing away with fire, a coal fire, nuclear, gas. Uh, that's my opinion. I've been with the grid. I worked. I've done a lot of switching and five hundred thousand volts down. And and the grid's not going to handle it. Okay, the grid has to have a good steady power in coal fire and nuclear and natural gas. Steady. It's a steady power that handle that can handle. You know the grid, the grid, but the wind up and down. You might be 100 megawatts now. Maybe, maybe the next minute, 50 megawatts. So it it just swings. That's my comments today. Thank you. You're doing a great job. Get keep keep getting this out here so we can just get get you know keep keep pushing fossil fuels. Okay. Thanks, Absolutely Mark. appreciate it, Dave. And uh, we love the fossil fuel industry. You know, people ride the fence and they go, well, you know, fossil fuels are dirty, but maybe maybe. Uh, Maybe solar panels aren't reliable. No, there's nothing dirty about fossil fuels. We've been using it for decades. Fossil fuels are great. Fossil fuels are fine. You just heard from a former coal worker who worked in the wind industry as well. He worked in the coal plant for 20 years. And, uh, you know, if we, 
and you're seeing this now. You you try to ditch fossil fuels. <laughs> Let's see how this is going to work out for us. It's not going to work out for us well at all. And uh, you start having blackouts. You start having brownouts. You start having power outages. And 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 even the lefties like their air conditioner. <laughs> even the lefties like to power their electric vehicles with fossil fuels. And so to think that we're all going to, you know, drift off into wonderland with our windmills and our solar panels and there's going to be no devastating consequences, who are we kidding? It's a terrible, terrible, uh, a terrible strategy that's unsustainable in the long run. That is the solar and wind uh, industry. Uh, last call, we'll talk to um, uh, Bobby. If you can click on Mark there in Texas for me, I'm having a little trouble. Uh, we'll go to... Uh, let's, uh, move, uh, I think, I think, uh, uh, Jonathan's holding him. I think that's the issue. Uh, so we've had some good calls today and, and it's, I love hearing from people who are in industries that we're talking about the stories we're talking about, whether it be energy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Mark, uh, I wanted to get you on the line out of Texas. Mark, you got about, uh, 30 seconds. What's on your mind? Yes, sir. Well, what's on my mind is uh, I'm a wildlife biologist, and I'm very concerned with the environment and conservation. And one of the best things this nation can do is keep the oil and gas industry going. We've got three animals would be extinct in Texas if not for the oil and gas industry protecting the habitat in the middle of their drilling. The hooping cranes and the oil and gas industry habitat protected and helped by the oil industry. The Atwater Prairie Chicken, again, the habitat protected and preserved by the oil industry while they're pumping and working oil. Mm. The Red Wolves, the last 28 in the world, were caught in the oil habitat between Orange, uh, Orange, Texas, and Beaumont on the uh, coastal prairie that didn't have condominiums on it because of the oil industry. Very good points there, uh, Mark. Hey, thanks for calling in. I'm, it, so I'm sorry I got to let you go, Mark. Appreciate the call. AFA at the core, very good points there. The oil industry has actually helped to save wildlife. Imagine that. So we may need more oil, more natural gas, more coal in America. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.